A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. We return to the Gospel of Mark, where John the Baptist had been baptizing at the Jordan River only a few verses ago. We learn immediately that John has been arrested. Even though this is definitely not good news, Jesus does not seem to hesitate. Immediately he proclaims the good news of God, as if he himself is responding to another's call. Realizing that he will not be safe, Jesus steps out in faith, operating without a net. There is a sense of urgency to Jonah's preaching as well. Forty days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. With a sermon that consisted of only eight words, Jonah's preaching changed the people of Nineveh, who believed God, to say nothing of the cattle. Even God, it seems, changed his mind and did not bring calamity upon that great city. This might sound a little fishy, and it should, because there's another story going on under the surface. When God first called Jonah to go to Nineveh, he got in a boat going the opposite direction. God sent a storm which caused the sailors in the boat to believe alone in the power of God, the sailors cast Jonah into the sea. God had a great fish on hand from central casting who swallowed up Jonah and on the third day delivered him sputtering on the shore of Nineveh. After Jonah's miraculous career comes to an end and he settles into retirement, we find Jonah seriously annoyed with God for not destroying Nineveh. This was the reason for Jonah's reluctance in the first place. Jonah had this sinking feeling that God was full of mercy and could not be counted on to bring the calamity and destruction he was sent to announce. People are responding to God's word and changing their lives, but we're left wondering if Jonah will ever be converted. The book of Jonah is the only book of the Bible that ends with a question mark. I usually go skiing in Utah at the end of January. This year, because of the pandemic, I've chosen not to go. But sometimes when I arrive for my return flight in Salt Lake City, the airport will be crowded with Mormon families who are sending their sons and daughters out on mission.
for 18 to 24 months. I've always thought this was a great way to learn your religion. At the end of two years proclaiming your faith, you will have learned most of it by heart. I think that's why God sent Jonah to Nineveh. The point of the story is not to convert the Ninevites. It's to convert Jonah. Jonah is a parable addressed to the children of Israel. The Israelites had very good reasons to hate the Assyrians, who had destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. Will the nation of Israel seek to live as children of God, repenting of their own sinfulness, clothing themselves with justice and righteousness, extending mercy in the same way that God shows mercy to them? All of us are called to participate in God's work of restoring creation. This is the core of Jesus' proclamation of the kingdom of God. And people will have to repent, or, as the literal Greek has it, change their mind to enter it. The time for this is now. Turn your life around. Jesus is calling us to a new way of being human together. As St. Paul points out, in Jesus, the appointed time has grown short. The present form of this world is passing away, so we ought to live very differently from the way the world lives. Notice that what Jesus is doing is itself a sign that the kingdom of God is breaking in. Someone, John the Baptist, has been lost. In gathering a new people, Jesus is ushering in God's kingdom, a new economy in which no one is expelled, excluded, or handed over. The very fact of gathering people rather than scattering is contrary to the operation of the kingdoms of this world, which thrive on exclusion. God's love excludes no one. No race, no creed, no nation are considered expendable. Jesus tells a parable in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke which shows us what this kingdom of God looks like. It's the polar opposite of the business of sacrificing or excluding anyone. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go in search of the lost? And when he finds it, says, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. This new kingdom has an economy that refuses even the smallest expense, 1%. The one who brings back the lost animal turns the entire economic logic upside down. Because the other 99 were left in the desert, which is the normal place of the expelled scapegoat. Jesus demonstrates positively that what has to be done is precisely to save that by which custom and reason we allow to be lost. This word, loss, has both a moral and an economic meaning. Lost sheep, lost soul, lost woman, this lost man, who wanted to lose him? A few years ago in a TED Talk, Pope Francis said, quote, 
The only future worth building includes everyone. A single individual is enough for hope to exist. And that individual can be you. And then there will be another you, and another you, and it turns into an us. And so, Francis asks, does hope begin when we have an us? No. Hope began with one you. When there is an us, there begins a revolution. On this first day of his ministry, under the dark cloud of John's arrest, Jesus announces the good news of God. The inaugural poet Amanda Gorman captures the moment. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it.